From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. believe finally after nothing the winner of our discontent it's still winter but <laughs> not down under that's right yes. the first tennis Definitely we've had true. since august is that right well real the, tennis yeah yeah the first, this is it Ten, <laughs> the tennis season has begun there's been no tennis since what was the last thing we actually remember there was something right after the u.s open Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the dumb year ends. But that's yeah. it. Nothing else has happened. Is right. that right? That's pretty much, yeah. Kind of. That's not how it was supposed to go, by the way. <laughs> We're the worst hosts ever. It was supposed to be a whole back and forth. but Welcome back. Corey blew it. Yeah. He forgot how to podcast. And by <laughs> the way, so it's, it's not just Corey. It's Mr. Corey. That's right. Is that right? That you are is. happily married. Sorry, ladies. Still happily yeah. married. All right, just making it's sure. only been a month. So, well, you, this is the first podcast since you've been married. So That's she might true. she might have an ultimatum for you to quit this nonsense. <laughs> um, but you would pick me over her, right? Well, well yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, no, this isn't recorded, right? Right. Well, nobody listens. <laughs> so I guess that's what you got going for you. Yeah, I mean, she said I have to be famous for us to stay married. So that's why I'm keeping this podcast going. That's now okay. I didn't know where you were going with that, but <laughs> I think that's probably. Um, well, let's see. Famous is relative. <laughs> yes. Almost Famous was a movie, and I don't know anything else. Yeah. Well, we are back. This is the first podcast of the new year. And I would say the first podcast in, of the new tennis season. But they don't really listen to our podcast. <laughs> when, well, they probably, I'm sure they listen, and they wish they could follow our suggestions. Right. But they don't. Because we've talked time and time again about how they need to have segmented seasons, have an Australian Open series. That's the first yeah. quarter. Then go to the French and Wimbledon, U.S. Open, and then have some year-end stuff, and then night-night. But, alas. They want the pros to play at 126 degrees. I hope after so. they've been indoors all winter. Apparently it's been nice so far. Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Weather Channel doesn't show a lot about uh, what's going on around the world. No, we have had some tournaments. Yeah, there's been a lot of lead up tournaments and have you cared things. have you cared at all? Outside of your normal Christmas duties and New Year's, you know, stuff that's going on in yeah. our world. Um well I guess New Year's and Christmas are the same everywhere <laughs> that Christians are, I guess. Um have you cared to even take a look at like Brisbane or Shenzhen? Yeah, I've watched a little bit. I mean have I watched you? Curios win the tournament last week, which was you know, pretty exciting. His first? I don't know if that was his first, but I think he, it was. It was fir- his first of that caliber for sure. Right. Um, and he beat, I mean, he beat Dimitrov, who's number three in the world, sort of. <laughs> I know. Don't but, even, uh, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. We're going to get into that. But no, so I got a little bit into that. I, I've been more interested in keeping up with these players, trying to figure out if they're going to come back or not. That's been, I feel like I'm like one of those tabloid people who's like trying to figure out what's happening off the court more than on. Right. Well, I will be completely honest. For somebody who does love tennis, I do a stupid podcast, for God's <laughs> sakes, that nobody listens to. Yes. That's not true. We're growing. Yes. We, 
you know, here's what the odd thing is. We our past episodes have grown more in the like month and a half we've been gone. It's Maybe, like Seinfeld. People want to go back and watch the old episodes, and listen quote to the old episodes. and all that. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> um, no, but I just couldn't. I couldn't get myself into it, and I'm like, man, am I just not? But then as soon as you know the Australian Open starts, and there's no build up. We were talking about that right. off beforehand. Uh, there's no build up. It's not like you know the NFL season. There's a whole. There's you know, five. It starts with. Uh, it might be. Like seven weeks of preseason. No, <laughs> it, feels well, se- like it. it feels like it. Well, seven because they they have the Hall of Fame game in right. Canton, really and then early. there's a break a little bit or something, and then they have more preseason, right? Which means nothing. Yeah, but at least you're kind of building towards something. What's well, only thing Dallas Cowboy fans can win? <laughs> they go five and zero every preseason. He's trying. He's 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 a little bit bitter today. I'm bitter. <laughs> as as you may remember, we record on Sundays. Yes. If this is Tuesday and you're listening and you haven't checked out the Steelers score, don't. Then, well, first of all, don't. And uh, what are you doing? <laughs> but uh, he wishes he didn't watch it either. I think that's going to be the measure that you know. That's, it brings up interesting. That might be the measure of how popular American tennis is: is how long in the day you can go without somebody spoiling a score for you. Right. An NFL score. Now we live in DFW, so obviously you and a lot of your idiot friends are Cowboy fans. <laughs> yes. So, you're in and around people in this area and radio and TV. It's all local, whatever. But even other scores, like playoff scores, the Steelers were robbed. Um, <laughs> no, they weren't. They weren't. Um, it'd be hard to get through two hours without seeing a result. Well, yeah, if you went on the internet or went on, you know, turned on any sports channel or whatever, you couldn't. You couldn't go without seeing it for more than a couple minutes. It just people, you, you know, you you're in tennis, so you're around a lot of you know a disproportionate amount of tennis people compared right. to the average person. But you know, I think it'd still be a longer period of time where you would hear from somebody just talking about a tennis result compared to an NFL result. Well, and what upsets me is every year I get excited about the Australian. I like because it it's cold here, so I'm not busy. I can watch a lot of tennis, and every time I tell somebody that's starting. They're, they never say, oh, yeah, I know. It's always a surprise. Oh, it is? Like, I didn't know it started. Oh, it started last night? I didn't know. Yeah. So there's no, I don't know if that's a promotion issue or or just here, people being, you know, Americentric. I don't know. But Well, no, I think it's because the, the Australian Open start is based on the lunar sequence. <laughs> and, oh, no, I'm sorry. It happens the same time every year? Is that right? Right. Jesus Christ. Well, that's just, yeah, I don't know. It it is really hard to gauge um, with this tournament to gauge people's interest because there is so much that just finished. I mean, we just went through a whirlwind from Thanksgiving all the way through New Year's. Right. You know, we have we've had winter storms, we've had mudslides, we've had you know, I mean, it's been mayhem. And now everybody's back in the school routine too, which and it's a world away. Yeah, I mean, it's on the other side of the world, literally. And it's, uh, you know, if, if you're getting up early, a little 5 a.m. or something, at least central time, you may catch a last-minute five-setter, right. the tail end of a match, the yeah. final, the night round. Um, you know, and by the time people get home from work and they're kind of getting into their you know, dinner routine, they're not thinking about, oh, wait, the Australian Open's coming on at 8. <laughs> well, and, I, you know, even last year with Federer and Adal, that was a big deal. Maybe the last time they're going to play. Of course, then they played, you know, a few months later, but... 
or they played all year, but you know, a lot of people didn't know they were going to play ever again. So you thought that was a big deal. And, and, but how many people were really up at two 30 in the morning watching it in that final? So even when they get the matchups they want, it's hard to generate the same amount of interest here. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, it is sort of like, Hey, winter doldrums in America. And you know, here we are with a, a country that's in summertime and you know, it's, it's actually a country you think when you, you know what what kind of brings to mind you know summer more than Australia you right. know you just picture it as a beach place or you know the yeah. ocean and all that and that's what I like about it because I when I'm freezing in my house I want to watch something or somewhere where it it's warm a, yeah it is a great way to start the tennis season it yeah. really is it's kind of like oh okay the new year and for college coaches we come back in the in the spring and it's our, our in the you know the new spring semester and our season's about to start. Right. And that's, you know, so that brings a whole nother. Um, so, yeah, so nobody knows about it, but when they find out, they're excited. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, yes. And so you have to tell everyone. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm the sole promoter in Texas. Yeah, so if you're out there, tell everybody the Australian uh, Open is on or they might not know. Well, and it's my favorite tournament because it starts, like you said, it starts at night. You can watch it, you know, going to bed every night. Uh, I mean, you do have to record overnight if you want to watch you know, the primetime matches and all that, but. I like to do that anyway, so who cares? And they're not paying us, but get DirecTV. You can watch every match. You're right. You know. Well, here's the other thing, and this goes back to, you know, this. the name of this podcast is The Tennis Revolution. And so, you know, what are we trying to do? Start a revolution in America for tennis. You know, that's primarily what it's about. But, you know, is there, there's sort of a dichotomy. You can look at it two different ways. Either you want American tennis to get better, as in, better American players or do you want just tennis as is whether it has good Americans or not to be more popular right in the U.S. which one would you take if you had to had the choice I mean I think it's got to start not as it not as somebody who makes money in this right. business because obviously if it's more popular more people are going to take lessons and yeah you know whatever but just in terms of if you were trying to figure out, okay, what's the, the health of the American game? What does that mean? What would be more important to you? I think it's just about more people watching it because then that's going to lead to everything else. You have to have people watching it, talking about it to generate the interest. Right. Uh, I mean, both are going to generate interest, but I think that generates more. Well, that is the interest yeah. as opposed to, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, if the, the country is more interested in tennis more people watch espn when it's on and right. support their sponsors and you know and all that then more kid people are going to put their kids into tennis lessons exactly. more people but you know i think that's the long play you right. know that's the yeah. long play in terms of trying to get you know whereas the other side is We've got great coaches out there all across the country. And one is sitting right across from me now. <laughs> of course. Uh, outside, somewhere in the parking lot, <laughs> not here. But, um, you know, we've got great coaches across the country that can develop world-class players. Are we getting the athletes? And, you know, so that's kind of the chicken and the egg. But uh, I'm with you. I think just from what we can do, because I don't coach juniors. You don't right. coach a lot of juniors. No. And, you know, so from our standpoint, it's, hey – get the professional game of tennis out there let pe you know remind people hey there's a tournament this week or the season's beginning this week um 
Yeah, because if families are watching tennis matches, I mean, that's going to lead to, hey, you know, I played tennis in high school. I ought to get my racket out. Or, you know, your kid never played tennis, but they watched tennis on TV, and now they're going to want to do it. I mean, that's the whole the whole way p- people even know about tennis. Right. Well, anyway, I don't know what that has to do with the Australian <laughs> Open. but Or how that's going to... I think because it's a new year, and, yeah, you know... Everybody so, wants to start fresh. So you made a resolution, right? What's your resolution? <laughs> yes, I, do. I don't want to admit this. I'm... I'm staying off fast food and soda for a month, which... And he's not in bad shape here. Um, I was going to say ladies, but sorry, <laughs> he's married. That's right. You know, it's not like you're in bad shape or whatever, but it is better health-wise. Yeah, um, and, you know, not playing as much tennis in the winter, i got to do something. So if I'm not going to work out, i got to do something healthy. Well, I just think, you know, I think the mentality with, you know, goes along with the Australian is the new year, and, you know, you're renewing and kind of starting yeah. over, getting everything fresh, and... And uh, and so I think I like it for that too. It's kind of you know kicks off everything. But there's some there's some downsides to this year's <laughs> Australian, and they are many because you yeah. get all hyped up. Hope is you know springs eternal, as they say, until you see what happens to the draw <laughs> when players start pulling out. Well, and this this was the most excited I've been about a Grand Slam in well as long as I can remember. Well, here's what we had. So we had two old guys. Right, who may not have had a year that they had if it wasn't for young guys not being able to handle playing the year. Right. So a year ago, Roger Federer hadn't played in a minute. Yeah. And he comes back and plays the Australian. Yeah, don't go back and listen to our last year Australian prep show. We probably said Federer and it all are done. Yeah, forever. <laughs> no, but you know that that that's sort of where we were last year. We were sitting here thinking, all right, you know, what is Federer? What is his deal? He's 30, I guess, six back then. Is he 37 now? He's pretty close to 37. I yeah, think. so whatever it was. And we were thinking, man, he's old. He's over the hill. And then he had, and then in Nadal, who isn't as old, but still pretty beat up. Right. Because of the physical style he plays. And they he, both hadn't won for a while. Yeah. And, you know, and so now. Fast forward a year later, and it's like, holy hell! There, you know, it's it's one and two seeds in the in the damn thing. Well, they've almost swapped because last year it was Djokovic and Murray that had dominated 2016, and you just thought they were going to keep rolling into 2017, and then you thought Federer and Dahl were hanging on. Now it's the other way around. Well, here's well, not only that, take it a step further. It's also now we're thinking, or at least I am. You may not be as dumb as me, but this is what I'm thinking. Maybe the two younger guys, Djokovic and Murray, maybe they're finished. Oh, I definitely think they're fi- well. I'm not. I, I, that definitely doesn't cross my mind. I mean, finish, finish. Yeah, Be- and I don't mean oh they're not good enough. I mean, you know, you start having surgeries, right? And you know, Murray plays a pretty tough physical game too. He's he's you know dogging at every point, trying to you know chase down balls, and he's not as offensive out of the gate typically. And so he plays longer points, which means longer matches, etc. You know, that's not ideal if you're having anything to do with your leg region you know if you run a lot (laughs) typically i'm no doctor (laughs) leg region that's a technical term well i think for them the model is not federer they need to look at nadal because nadal plays that same physical grinding game right federer is not a good example for them because he plays short points or at least he does now but he didn't need to grind out points to win those guys so far have not been able to win any other way well he's a little more fluid yeah he's a little more fluid he's not you know he doesn't rotate as heavy you know, as Nadal does. He's got um, the best serve of all four of those guys, too. Uh, one-hander. Yeah. So he's not rotating as much going the other direction. Well, listen. Again, 
the weakest air in the history of men's <laughs> tennis. But <laughs> did I start the new year? I, I'm starting to agree with you on that. That was say. not a resolution, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't. But you know, but you're looking at the draw and you're like, shit. So if we've got those two out again, right? As in Murray and Djokovic, yeah. We're we're counting on Nadal and um, Federer to carry it again, and who's going to beat them? The, the, a short list, if anyone. Well, Novak and Novak's probably out by the time this airs, if he's not already out. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, apparently in his press conference, um, he had made a comment about he didn't have surgery, but it may be on the horizon. I see. And Murray, obviously, if you're, you know, we record Sunday, so, you know, if you're, you're hearing this on Tuesday, into the tournament already, right. he's already out and, yeah. and had surgery. And, or I don't know if he's had it yet, but it, you know, I think he has. Yeah, has he? So, you know, and Djokovic had has two early tough matches. So, I mean, he we're gonna be able to tell pretty quickly whether he's got it back right. or not. And I'm, you know, and and I'm not gonna take credit for knowing things because, as I've always said, the the biggest weakness of our podcast is our <laughs> lack of research. Um, a lot to choose from. Well, I mean, first of all, personality is, yeah. is outstanding. <laughs> right. That's oh, our okay. strength. <laughs> I thought you were saying that was our biggest our, weakness. Our deep, sexy voices. That's mm-hmm. huge. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, but uh, I listen to a color, couple other tennis podcasts just because I enjoy them, not because I'm trying to steal all their information. <laughs> but this one in particular, it, it, they they are press people, I guess, tennis journalists, because other countries apparently have those. Yeah, I was about to and say. Care, you know, I, don't, I mean, I, we have those here, but we can be like the premier ones. Well, they or... all they all they all do other stuff because there's right. not enough just for tennis. Nobody cares. Um, but uh, they they have a podcast called the Tennis Podcast. Oh wow! Oddly enough, um, but they work for like the BBC or something or some other London thing, and uh, they were talking about the press conference that Djokovic kind of hinted at having potentially having surgery. Um, What's well, interesting, he would pull out of a, a lead-up tournament and yet then play the... I mean, not that that doesn't happen, that o- that doesn't happen pretty often, but it's kind of weird to jump in the Australian and think you're going to be able to get back in a three-out-of-five well, set. Well, Warinka did the same thing. Yeah, he hasn't played at all, right? Right, he's a lot of spits and starts, and uh, and then, uh, it, you know, I think he's broken up about his coach. <laughs> well, um, that was, to me, the interesting thing. If you had... If, if what we thought a couple months ago in our last podcast, we thought, okay, Nishikori... Djokovic, Murray, Warenka, all these guys, Serena, all coming back, Roundage. playing these people, Roundage, playing these people that have dominated a year without them, you know, and kind of test. Yeah. That's what I was looking for right. for those matchups. Well, this is why predictions are dumb. Now, we've gotten caught up in predictions here and there because if you do a podcast, you need content. Yeah. And when you get around big tournaments, sometimes, you know, the, 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 tempt, the temptation is, hey, let's predict. Well, it does make give you a vested interest in the tournament. A little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit. Like you your right, like your goofy <laughs> Kevin Anderson fantasy tennis nonsense. Oh, that too, yeah. yeah. Um, right, but you know it, it. That's why either either make it a prediction like Serena or the field right. or Nadal or Federer yeah. in a tournament is really just to illustrate how pitiful everyone else in that draw is when it's a real option to pick one player. And like as in the case of Serena, right. although again I think Serena is such at a high level that even other people at a high level look pitiful in comparison, right. and they're not. On the men's side, however, I think they're pitiful. Yeah, and obviously they're f- physical specimens, big strong men's. <laughs> all right, but where don't they have it from the neck up? They can't keep up with these people who expect to win. There's right. 
four people maybe that expect to win. Two well, of them are on the shelf. I was about to say. I mean, two of them are playing. on the shelf. Two of them are playing. Well, one, well, one and a half <laughs> on the shelf. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I'm starting to agree with you about this is going to be yet another Grand Slam. And who knows? Somebody might surprise us. But, I mean, Federer has a cakewalk. He's going to have a cakewalk the first several rounds. And to me, it, it decreases the interest for me. You know, it's funny because why would I want to cheer against Nadal and Federer, who by all accounts never met either of them, but by all accounts are fantastic human beings, they're humanitarians, they give lots of money to help people, and yeah. uh, they're fantastic ambassadors for their countries, for their sport, for themselves, blah, 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 right? <laughs> but now, because of the pitifulness of tennis, I am cheering against Nadal and Federer. You're right. I'm serious. Yeah. I want to see that amazing youngster, maybe somebody who's kind of, don't get me started with the next gen nonsense, but <laughs> you know, maybe one of those type of players or a, some journeyman, right. old man yeah. who's like, you know, can just have a good, you Sanga know. Songa or Monfi. Around, or, right. Or somebody like that, Burditch. Maybe somebody with a little more personality than Burditch, but, <laughs> but that, that Isner, you know, another, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, boisterous. But I know what you mean. I want somebody to, I want to see that torch passing match. You know that we haven't seen with Federer because he hasn't passed the torch yet. But like a Zverev Federer final, I would be totally fine with. Um, and you know that. Well, every time they pass the torch, whoever they pass it to drops <laughs> it in the water. I thought, yes, I thought you were going to say they collapse. No, um, um, but I mean, so that's what we end up. So instead of doing predictions, you know, looking at what we want to see, and yeah. I think what we've talked about, you and I, with this is all. I mean, to say this, I mean. Please don't be offended out there. I'm not thinking everybody out there is an idiot and doesn't understand this, but just so we're clear, all I care about is two players competing at their absolute highest level right. at the same time. Yeah. Now, we've seen that. Kyrgios in Miami. Right. Right? I mean, he the whole tournament and the finals. And, yeah. you know, the reason we don't see that is because they don't have it from the neck up. Right, they don't have the belief that they can beat these people. Um, you see it sometimes every now and again with some absolute youngster who doesn't know what he doesn't know. Yeah, um, but there's a ton of talent out there, and I think people like you talking about like Sanga or you know Monfi. I'm picking on France here, but <laughs> you know like Sanga or you know some of the, that age group, right? Who has been around, who's had success, made a lot of money, but hasn't really you know closed the deal. Um, I don't think they can no, ever because last year was the best opportunity, and none of them did anything. Yeah, I mean, I, you didn't see any of those guys step up last year with all the other guys being out. And I think Sock was the only one, but he's a young, still kind of up and comer. Right, he and Dimitrov, but they're in the younger bracket. Right, all the guys in the late twenties have just disappeared. Do you care about anything from last year? Do you think any single thing any single player has done matters one bit today? For this tournament um, or this season, I mean, I think it. I think it matters until it doesn't. <laughs> so, like, Sock has to be confident going into this, and then if he loses to one of those top guys, then that all well, that year doesn't matter anymore. He's an unfair one because I mean, basically, beep, beep, <laughs> beep. He backed in. Right, that was a dump truck backing up. <laughs> uh, he backed in to the year end. Oh yeah, and you know, and and then. Anybody that had any success at the Labor Cup, right? You know, you know. I mean, yeah, how, how is that going to carry over? So I don't know. I 
I, I'm wiping it totally clear because yeah. you still have Nadal, you still have Federer, and that's the only story that matters. Right. Is can they maintain, can anybody even come close to having enough belief that they can do anything? Well, yeah, because so far, and this has been for the last 10 years, there hasn't been somebody who can string together wins against those guys. Del Potro, you know, the one U.S. Open, you know, he had some good wins in a row, but just... Well, no, he actually might be, he's actually the opposite. He's a guy, I think, that believes, but yeah. he doesn't believe in his body. Right. Because he just, he can't get past, you know, a certain threshold before he's always getting hurt. Well, and he has to make it deep enough in the tournament to play those guys. You know, he can he can beat those guys. Well, yeah. you have to make it past right. the third, fourth round to play them. So, predictions aside, because I think if we would actually go to Vegas and bet, I think we'd both put money on Federer and Nadal. Right. Even if you, as a tennis person, and your expertise didn't think that was the case, yeah. you just have to go with the, the numbers there. Right. Whatever the odds are. Or what I don't know how all that works. I mean, whoever's third has to be way below both of them. I would think. So, what are you looking at? What do you want to see? Are there any matchups looking at the draw and possible, I mean, even first-round matchups, but probably more than likely matchups down the road? Um, for anybody. Yeah. I mean, you've got to, uh, there's an Isner at all matchup lurking there in the fourth round. That would be an interesting matchup because, you know, they played in the Labor Cup. Labor and, Cup. And it was a really good match. They've had really close matches before. I just think that's, to see that on a Grand Slam scale would be interesting, especially with Nadal's injury right. issues. Well, Isner just got married. Maybe that helps him in some way. Ruins his life. What? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You did it. You, you made a great choice. That. Your wife is wonderful. Oh, yes. And, I uh, walked into that one, didn't I? Yeah. Well, I, I like Nadal. First of all, I think there is some intrigue because of the Labor Cup. Because, again, it was an exhibition, but yet there was still something on the line. Right. Your country or your region or whatever yeah. that you call it. And I can't imagine a Nadal-type guy Dog, you know, kind of just laying out a little bit, just kind of easing back right. for any reason. I just don't no. know that he has it in him. So I would, I, I feel like that was a decent representation of those two guys playing an actual match. Yeah. What does it mean? We could find out if they both make it that far. Obviously, because he's an American. So Isner is an American, and I'd like to see that match up because, again, outside of the women, we have no hope. <laughs> so. If he could sneak past, or I mean, he's six ten. Like it's hard to sneak <laughs> when you're six ten. But if he can get by by Nadal, then there's some excitement for me in the tournament. Because again, because you know American tennis is not strong, and it's and it's fun. It'll be fun to see somebody represent and kind of yeah giving us some pub. Um, there's another podcast I listen to, um, and there are a couple of guys out of Canada. And uh, I don't even know how I stumbled upon them, to be honest with you. Um, but it's called the Body Serve um, <laughs> Tennis Podcast, and they're they're not big fans of Isner. Uh, or, <laughs> I don't think or, people here are. Well, no, 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 for a different reason because apparently he's all up about Trump. Okay, and so they're not big fans of Trump, right? I guess, and so now they're not big fans of Isner. When you're this piss poor in tennis, <laughs> all right. I don't care if he is right. killing puppies. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've got a little puppy. I'm just kidding. Oh. But you know what I'm saying? One thing I am, I, I, I don't care about is any issues with players, particularly when it comes to political beliefs. I just don't care. No, I don't either. Just play tennis for me. 
And if you're American, just for my own, you know, well-being and the sake of my our sport in America, I don't care what your beliefs are, uh, which we're definitely going to get to when we talk about the women's draw <laughs> when we come back. <laughs> It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, we're back. So, uh, controversy with Isner. Not really. I mean, I don't know. Listen, I don't like I said, I don't care about beliefs. No. Thoughts, feelings. Now, if Isner took a Trump statue and beat a kid to death with a Trump statue, <laughs> all right, then he's dead to me. Uh, but well, outside, hopefully if he did that with a Hillary statue, you'd feel the same way. Exactly. With any statue, yes. really. Unless it was a statue of me. First of all, <laughs> if he had a statue of me made, because that's the only place right. he's going to get a statue of me, um, you know, come on. I mean, it's creepy. <laughs> but I think I'd also appreciate anybody having a statue of me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so any other matchups? Sorry, I kind of cut us off there. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the draw here. If we saw Nadal Isner in that section. Well, real quick on Americans, I don't have a particular matchup I want to see as it regards to Jack Sock because I don't believe in Jack Sock. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, as a player, again, I no, don't care I, about. I agree with you. I'd like to see Sock and Kyrgios, which is in that same half, and then that might – I mean, he, I know what you're saying. He has to beat somebody of, of note right. to believe in him right. in, a, in a big match. Right, because, again, Labor Cup and then backing into the year-end championships and, you know, playing as free as possible yeah. is different if he can't carry that same emotional control into, quote-unquote, tournaments that matter. Right, because the whole, to me, the different challenge of tournaments is the grind of two weeks. Right. You know, piling the wins together or labor cup anybody come out and play one match well no, also again it's the pressure of this is what you actually do for your job right whereas that other stuff is sort of particularly for somebody like jack sock who really wouldn't have made it you know aside from the fact that everybody was right. dropping like flies so right. the fact that he absolutely quote unquote had nothing to lose it's a different thing now that you're in the australian because this is your actual day-to-day you know, yeah. job. Well, and that's why the seeds for me for the Australians are totally meaningless because, I mean, nobody seeded appropriately because nobody played, you know, the full year. I mean, his second round could be Evo Karlovic. Yeah. I think he might have a tough time getting past that giant well, serve. And he would have Anderson in the round of 16, and then Kyrgios or Dimitrov, and then Dalton at all. I mean, he's... Right. If he made it to the semis, then I think we would have a different opinion of him. Well, he's got to make it to the quarters for his seed to be right. Right. Because he's eight. Yeah. So if he holds chalk... I can't argue with it, right? Because you're supposed to make it yeah, to that point. I'd be fine with that. You play a seed that is higher than you, then theoretically, you should lose. But you know, if you're eight, you should be making it to the quarters. Yeah, and in the other section, I've got you got team and Zverev. I didn't see this till just now. You could have Zverev versus Zverev in the third round. Yeah, which should be interesting. Yeah, and then the other section, you've got Query and Federer, and or I mean, boring. <laughs> honestly because you got two guys that have grown up playing each other we don't know anything see at least with the Williams sisters we saw them well you're a little younger than me but you know I remember when they were real young when yeah. they kind of were playing limited schedules and and dad was saying 
they're going to be one and two in the world. Right. And everybody's like, oh, what an idiot. And guess what? They were one <laughs> and two in the world. Um, and there was a lot more to those two relatives, those two sisters right. playing, the siblings, whereas these two, you know, you feel like you got the chosen one, the golden child, <laughs> and then the older brother who just kind of snuck in the party. Yeah, I mean, he started to crash it a little bit. Well, to me, the thing that's interesting about that matchup is two things. One, they play totally differently. Right. And two, the older brother is worse, but you know he's got to have some psychological edge over yeah, his younger brother. Right. So that... that because it'll give him a wedgie on changeovers <laughs> or something. Right, right. So those, those are intriguing to me. I don't know if the match itself is going to be that great, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if the older brother wins, even though Zverev, the younger Zverev, is much higher right. ranked. Um, I'm always interested in... Here's another person that people hate. <laughs> is Fognini or Fonini or whatever you call him. Anybody he's going to play is always going to potentially be an interesting match because he's right. such a moron. Um, <laughs> you know, just nonsensical well, stuff. And that whole section has Goffin, Fonini, Del Potro, Query, Raonich, Gasquet, Federer. I mean, that's a crazy section of seeds. Right. And a lot of those guys are kind of, you know, have the potential. And then the other section, you got Warrenka, Djokovic, and the two Zverevs and team. I mean, that's a that half of the draw is pretty ridiculous. So Federer will actually have to work for his uh, title this year. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new occurrence. All right. On to what really matters. The women. The junior. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my line. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the a-hole, remember? <laughs> yes. Um, so what I was talking about in terms of um, trouble on the women's draw and not caring about what people, uh, you know, their their ideas and thoughts and all that, is we are a year away, or a year from, or did it happen during the tournament? It, was, it might have been after. But anyway, we're back around a year later having a co- discussion about a court. Right. A tennis court. Yeah. Not any tennis court, but a court. <laughs> and that is the market court court. That's what they should call it, the market court court. <laughs> and it's still called that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And apparently uh, it ain't changing. And apparently Billie Jean King was like it should change and people are asking you know people about it they're asking players and players yeah. you know asking you know should they boycott it Billie Jean King said she would boycott it if she was playing and uh and so it's it's kind of back back at it and again she falls in the same category to me as anybody else I don't care right if she hasn't been actually physically persecuting really it's not just uh the LGBTQ whatever all the numbers are in letters community, it's just kind of her very conservative Christian beliefs. So about a lot of different things. Right. And again, unless she is in public office and, and acting things that whatever, I mean, but it's just thoughts. It's just her beliefs. Well, and my I, thing is, are we naming care. courts after the best tennis players? Or are we naming them after the best, you know, activists and, you know, the people with the best political viewpoints and that kind of thing it's just well Arthur Ashe has an entire tennis center named after right and so in America we have that view and obviously in other countries they they don't necessarily they're just more based on people's accomplishments and right well and Billie Jean King tennis center so it's Arthur Ashe and Billie Jean King tennis center and now granted she was an all-timer for yeah actual play on court as well as her impact on the game and society at large and so was Arthur Ashe but um well what I think is funny is on American TV, you just don't call it that court. Like you can call it whatever you want. Just say, okay, we're going to center, we're going to the main court or center court. You don't have to. Oh yeah, well, to yeah. Market court. Well, they do. Oh uh, right, 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 right. I see know. what you're saying. Yeah, 
Yeah. And ultimately, you know, it is how many matches out of, you know, it's two weeks, so it's 14 days and, you know, several matches per day. And then it's over for another 360 days or, you know, whatever. Um, Whatever the math is, 365 minus 14. 350, got it. (laughs) Um, you know, so it really doesn't matter. Although I guess they use that facility for other tournaments, but anyway, so we're back to that and it's too bad for the Australian open because besides from dealing with that horse shit, they're also dealing with, you know, the absolute mayhem of all, you know, the players that were supposed to be here that aren't, right. um, including one, uh, Serena Williams. Yeah. Um, I was shocked uh, when she dropped out. I couldn't believe it. Well, I, I guess we were shocked because we didn't know. Right. But apparently she was not really ready. I guess she came back and played that exhibition against Ostapanko. Well, that's what surprised me. You know, she played that and went to three sets. So I'm thinking she's ready to go. So I don't know if she, the way she felt after the match or right. or what the circumstances were. I think there might be something we don't know about. Right. And and, and, and this is not an insult to Free. Some people have said that I was bashing Serena. I... Probably. I think she doesn't think she can win the tournament, so that's why she's not playing. Whereas there are some people that, like Djokovic, is not going to win this tournament. Well, she has that luxury. Yeah. She has earned that right. Right. That's actually the opposite of bashing her. That's like saying, damn, she's a baller. Yeah, I mean, she's that not going to play because for her it's not worth it to go to the third round or fourth round. And potentially, but, I, but right, but I don't think that's actually it. I do think they're actually – more issues than we knew about. That's what I'm saying. And yeah, so ultimately, be. you know, ultimately it ends up being counterproductive, not because she would not want to get far, but because it could hurt her more physically or whatever. When I'm kind of in the boat that you are, that what I like with the Australian is everybody's restarting and it just kind of stinks to restart with all these players not there. So as a rink and Serena aren't there, Murray's not there, and then remains to be seen who else. But those are the three main. Right. Um, and it's just, I like to have everybody back in the beginning, and then it's kind of a measuring stick for the rest of the year. Well, on the women's side, again, this is me not bashing women, actually, but it's, or Serena, but it's actually kind of a good thing Serena's not here in the sense that all these players get to really test themselves physically, but more importantly, emotionally, mentally, because they know, oh, wow, it is open now. <laughs> it's right. it's kind of, oh, a spot in the finals is not open. Yeah. Winning the tournament is open now. Somebody said there's 20 women that could win the tournament. One yeah. Of the, one of the analysts, which I I mean, I probably agree. It's probably around that neighborhood. Yeah, or more. Right. I mean, where did Ostapenko come from? I was going to say, nobody expected her. Um, Bobby Panetta a couple years ago. Right. So, I mean, but here's what I'm saying is that on the men's side without players in, you're like, ugh, yeah. look what we're left with. Right. With Serena out, there are still a ton of players who, again, are not to her level. Right. And might not be to her level until she's maybe 45. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I mean, um, it's hard to argue with that. Right, unless she gets hit by a bus or something. And <laughs> like has, you know, where she can't move and can't whatever. But it's just more i feel way better about all the matchups and and who's going to come out of here and yeah. do well get late in the tournament and win the tournament about all the players in it it's it doesn't it's not going to how about this it's not as it's empty to me is is yeah. if jack sock making the year end last year is was empty to me no matter even if we would you know won the whole thing right. who cares it's empty to me yeah 
Well, and I think what you're saying too is with Serena, there's Serena and there's everybody else at a different tier. And there's obviously different tiers, but I think with Federer, it's Federer and Nadal's one tier. And then you got Djokovic and Murray, another tier. And then you got maybe Warinka and Del Poch, another tier. You know, there's a bunch of mini tiers, whereas Serena, it's really Serena and then well, 20 other women. The, the men's year. draw is causing me a lot of tears. <laughs> Here's what, let me explain it this way. Serena, all right, so the, the top of the game on the men's side, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Murray. Right. Uh, two years ago yeah. or whatever, when everybody's healthy. The gap between those four and the next level down is wide. Right. More importantly, that tier of four guys is on the highest tier that any men's era has ever been, theoretically. Right. Yeah. Serena is at the top tier of women's tennis. But wait, no, she's not. She is above the highest tier that women's tennis has ever been at. She is outside of that. Yeah. She is better than that. Everybody else at the top of the game, maybe not at the top tier, but pushing up to it. Right. I mean, Holub's got her emotional problems. Yeah. I mean, she can't, you know, the pressure time, you know, she's played, uh, you know, Muguruza has been up and down. Yeah, you know. they all have like an identifiable weakness. Right. And so, but nonetheless, I think the as a group, they're higher, they're closer to the top tier, whatever that sort of imaginary equal line from that spans all history you know if that makes <laughs> right. sense it's yeah. like you know so chris everett and all her era she was at the top of her tier right N- navratilov was at the top of her tier but they yeah. weren't above it yeah i think serena's just a different level she's outside the atmosphere well and what what you're saying too is if if you take out two of those top four guys the tennis is still at that top tier whereas take out serena it kind of evens the playing field for everybody Right. If you took so, out the top four men, then it would be an even playing field with 20 guys. But it's an even playing field like a bunch of kindergartners playing. <laughs> Whereas you take out Serena, right. that just means the bully on the block is gone. Yeah. And all the players who are at the top of the game can compete and see right. who, see what's what without Serena smacking them down. Yeah. Um, and again, not a slight against Serena. She is outside um, of whatever has been the best of tennis ever. No, I think you're saying without her, there's a lot of women that would have won a lot more. Well, the upside is women's tennis is way deeper than men. Yeah. And that's not just to bolster my argument of this being the weakest area. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it is the weakest area. <laughs> and I think, uh, I mean, again, women have had a lot of opportunities when Serena wasn't in the draw to step up and do something and there really hasn't been anybody that has consistently. Right, spotty. It's been, right. I mean, we had four different winners last year. Yeah. Um, well, one of them was Serena, so that's right. not fair. So who, somebody could have, <laughs> you know. But the point being, but right, it, I think if she's out for an extended period of time, maybe somebody can get a consistent feel of, you know, oh, wait, Serena's not here all of a sudden, and everybody right. just kind of scrambles. You know, now they're starting the season like that, and now somebody's going to come into their own. Right. It might be. Hollow. It might be Simona because get what does she have that she wanted so bad that she could never get? Um, Not me as a boyfriend. <laughs> number one ranking. Number one ranking. Yeah. That was her bugaboo last year. She would have a chance to play for it, and it was a disaster every time. <laughs> An absolute shit show every time. It was horrible. But don't – so most people, their pressure goes up when they're number one. You think for her it might be the opposite? It really might because, you know – we kind of forget that, hey, there is a ranking system out here. It's not just about the Grand Slams. Right. You know, 
Miami's important. You know, Monte Carlo's important. Yeah, you know Wells. what I mean? Yeah, all those. Indian Wells, I was going to try to think of some pre-Australian, <laughs> but clearly they're not. Um, by the way, do you know the season started in 2017? That just pisses me off. It's funny. I saw that, and I was trying to figure that out. It infuriates me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so. It's like the fiscal tennis season. Right. Um, so, anywho. Well, yeah, so somebody like Hollop really might flourish now having number one with Serena not lurking, ready to take it back from her, because uh, she will. Well, and the reason I think her pressure's lower is because even as number one, I don't think she's like people are counting her as the one that's going to win. If she was the overwhelming favorite, then it might be different, but I don't feel like right. people think she's even necessarily the favorite right. even though she's number one. Right. But I also think, like I said, I also think the, the, the number one ranking is as or more important than winning stringing Grand Slams together. Right. I mean, would you would you rather be Ostapenko or would you rather be Hollow from last year? You won one Grand right. Slam tournament. That's a good question, actually. And now where are you? Or you are just grinding and grinding and overcoming your demons. And yeah. Having you overcome your demons in the most embarrassing way on international TV, like Hollow did, uh, and then finally do it, but yeah. you didn't win a that's Grand Slam. Not only did you not win a Grand Slam, but you had some disastrous results <laughs> in other tournaments because yeah. you were pitiful. Well, if, let's take that out further. What if you're retiring? Would you rather take the money aspect out of it? Would you rather have had one Grand Slam win or been number one for 20 weeks? Golly, that's tough. All right. I will tell you this. Please, please, please don't disconnect your phone right now. You can't because it's live. It's not live. So you'll still, you know, it'll still be on your phone. You just, you'll just hang your phone up. And don't you punch me in my face. But I'm going to say something. And it's not because the Steelers lost. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay? This is serious business. I think English Premier Soccer and the way they run their season is more American than the way football, the NFL, runs their season. And let me tell you why. I was about to say, you're going to have to explain for me and everyone else who doesn't watch soccer. All right, so English Premier League soccer. You have the quote-unquote NFL of soccer in the United Kingdom. Right. Although I think Scotland has their own shit (laughs) and whatever. But that aside. So they have 20 teams. They play every other team in that group home, and away. So you play a total of 19 teams home, and then you play all those teams at their places. So they play 38 games? So they have 38 games. Oh, wow. There's a point value for winning. There's a point value for losing, which is zero. And there's a point value for a tie. So you get three points for a win, no points for a loss, one point for a tie. Yeah. So what that means is every time two teams step onto the field, they call it a pitch. That's one thing (laughs) I think is stupid. They step onto the field. And there are a, a max of three points up for grabs. If you win, you get three. If you tie, each of you gets one, and that's one point that disappears. Right. If you lose, nothing. Yeah. At the end of that, or somewhere before the end, depending on the math, but at the end of that, whoever has the most points is the champion. Right. In football, you can play your entire season – you can have a losing record of seven and nine, but win your awful division. Right. And then you get a second chance <laughs> in the playoffs. Which is basically like an entirely new season. 
It's like an entirely new season. Yeah, you sucked in the regular season, but what the hell? We got some half-ass system where you can get in and now right. you play. It gets better. Let's say you don't make – let's say you're the Cleveland Browns and you go oh, – by the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> Cleveland Browns, 0-16 this year. Second team in history to go 0-16. Right. Not to, not, the, not to go winless because they had winless yeah. teams with less games. 0-16. Do you know what happens to them next year? They get Nothing. Re- they get rewarded. <laughs> they get rewarded by having the number one pick, yeah. and they're right back at it. Right. In the same stadium, in their same awful division, and, uh, you know, 0-16 maybe again. Who knows? Now, what would that what would in be In soccer. The, oh, there you go. Okay, you're going to tell I'm us. I'm going to get there. That was a pause. <laughs> that was a dramatic pause for effect. Come on. You've been broadcasting for 40, this is 45 episodes. That's right. That's right. In English Premier League soccer, if you are the Cleveland Browns of that group, guess what you do? You move down a level. You die. <laughs> you were out of the NFL. It'd be like if the Cleveland Browns started playing Division One A, they had to play against college teams next year. Right. And, and Georgia or Alabama. Alabama would move into the NFL and take right. their spot. Now I'm not don't get into argument. Can Alabama beat Cleveland? No, they cannot beat Cleveland. No. It's not possible. Cleveland <laughs> every player on Cleveland made it to the NFL. Not every player from Alabama is going to make it to the NFL. Right. Not even close. Not even close. So, with that being said, how does tennis, how does that compare to what you asked me? Because the Grand Slam is like winning that Super Bowl, but sucking ass for the right. rest of the, your career. And just being one of those kind of players like Todd Martin or David Ferrer or, you know, who actually, those guys didn't even make it to the pinnacle. They didn't even make it to number one. Right. But they were still just always there, always there, always there. If... It'd be like if Djokovic or Murray six years ago, five years ago, never broke through right. to take the place of Federer or Nadal. It'd be like that, where if they just kind of kept going, never won any Grand Slams, were always right there. Yeah. Um, the, well, but, like Murray was for a long time. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That you're right before the Olympics and before yeah. Wimbledon. So, so I kind of like it, liken it to that comparison with the NFL and, and Premier League. Now, I still love football, by the way. <laughs> Well, and the good thing Not about today, tennis, though, yeah. the Steelers, but is you have you do have minor tournaments. So if you were number one in the world, you had to win something. So you had to have won. I mean, theoretically, you couldn't have that. right. But you're talking about grand slams, right. which are sort of it's like four Super Bowls or right. four college national championships. You know, it's like four major V top events, and you can place your importance on which one. But they're all equal, right. same prize, well, not, of, essentially the same you know points structure and all that. Um, and a two-week event you have to get through two weeks. Um, but I'm just thinking as a player, am I going to remember that I was number one for 20 weeks and had good wins along the way, or am I going to remember that one two-week period where I beat, you know, three great players and I guess it depends. won the trophy? And- I guess the, the dynamic there, the art of that is how far did you rise and how far did you fall again and how right. quickly. Yeah, um, so there's think about Ivanisevic. Right. If Goran never won that Wimbledon, you know, he was still always a threat, always an entertainer, always well-liked and lo- beloved as a yeah. player. And similar to Del Potro. Del Potro, same thing. Now, he, he, he's injury, though, not, right. you know, that can, that, that's a different thing. So that's a good question. I think... Whew. Well, I don't know if you're making the Hall of Fame without winning a Grand Slam, if those people, if tennis players even care about Hall of Fame, I don't know. But right. 
but you almost feel like you have to win one slam to even get considered for the Hall of Fame. Right. All right, sorry. We're supposed to be talking about the women. <laughs> but we kind of did because that, that was a hollop argument right, right there. That was a whole, which I actually asked that brilliant question. But Well, I think she needs to, I think she's still going to have a lot of pressure to win that first slam. I don't think the pressure really goes off until you win the one. And then I think it reduces a lot. I think she's got less pressure until the finals, and then I think it ramps up. I think yeah. you're right, particularly depending on who she plays. Right. Um, and by the way, she would play Bouchard today when you were listening. Yeah, baby. Uh, assuming that Bouchard can win a first round match. Those guys at the body serve don't seem to like Bouchard either. They're Canadian though, so they're whatever. Well, I, I feel know. like they would have to like her because they don't have anybody else. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> but I guess not. Um. All right. So, all right. So let's do what we were doing on the. Uh, men's side so talk about matchups so now obviously for me that's a that's a I, I like that matchup just because I want to see Eugenie Bouchard <laughs> um but what what matchups look good well you got another kind of death section here you've got Muguruza, Radwanska, Kerber, Keys, and uh Caroline Garcia who's now a top eight player all in the same quarter so I mean that's going to be a tough uh it's gonna be tough for Keys to make another Grand Slam uh final in that quarter well, I think for us, I think definitely it's all about the Americans because we can actually say that and not be like, oh, that'd be amazing if they just make it to the quarters. Right. We can actually say, hey, we've got some threats. Um, Keys obviously being, you know, she's fit and has done well. Right. Well, again, that's that we asked that question earlier. What does it matter that last year? We'll see. And we all love Madison. So I, I'd love to see her go deep and really hopefully learn from that experience at the U.S. Open because that was Halep-like well, <laughs> collapse. Yeah. And we, I mean, American women dominated tennis last year. I mean, they had the four semifinalists of, in the U.S. Open, and I think they said they had the finalists in the girls in Wimbledon and in the U.S. Open. So, I mean, you've got a lot of up-and-coming American players that should be around for a long time. And you know, so and we'll see how they do. Sloane Stevens hasn't done anything since she won the US Open. Zero and thirteen. Yeah, fantastically. Zero and thirteen. Uh, I would like to see her play anybody a hundred percent healthy because I think that was part of her issue. She had an injury. She was kind of tweaked a little bit. Well, she's kind of doing the career we talked about, which is she's done nothing, and then she's won a slam. Yeah, I guess that's uh, it. Do you want to be right? Yeah. Um, that's her or Hollow. Right. I mean, it would be interesting if you asked Halep if you could change places with Sloan right now, if she would. Right, and vice versa. And she wouldn't admit it, obviously. But, I mean, I still want to see Venus make one more run. Yeah, I, I would, would love, love to see, see that. Venus against, you know, a Keys or, a, right. you know, some up-and-coming American. Do it for Serena, man. <laughs> you know, Venus and Halep would be a really interesting final. Or Venus Wozniacki. Right. I want somebody in there to have a chance to win a major for the first time. Well, there's another one. You know, uh, can, can Waz, can she you know, utilize her confidence in coming, you know, from nowhere to win the year end and she carry it forward with no Serena to, you know, beat the shit out of the ball and knock her off the court. Well, and I can attest that she is in the process of getting ready for a wedding, which is not easy. <laughs> and she's on the female side of that, which is a little more work for her than it is for her fiance. So we'll see if that affects her game this year. Yeah. Well, anywho, um, Anybody 
anybody Wozniacki would play, I think it's all it's going to be good because not a lot of people play like her. Right. Um, that Martina Hinga style, you know. Um, but who would you take in a Wozniacki Hallett final? They are the one and two in the world. And what I want to see, first of all, is that a choked and slam finals? Yeah, before. first of all, is that what you'd want to see? Um, I would like to see that because is that a final is that your preferred final? All right, putting American Pride aside, I was going to say if you take that out, uh, that's. I mean, they play similar styles, so I don't know if it's the best matchup in terms of just watching, but I would like to see one of those players, because one of them has to win. Right, good so point. So that's what I would like so to see. So you just feel bad for them because yeah. you won't want them to win. Um, I wouldn't want to see that final. No? I don't want to see that final. Um, I, I would like to see a contrasting style. Yeah, so like, somebody a bigger, like, like a Mugaruth, a right, Halep. Right, or, um, you know, a, a Keys. I mean, that's... those. Those two players are direct opposite of the way Keys plays. Yeah. Um, well, imagine the pressure if it was Halep and Venus, who are on opposite halves. You got Venus who hadn't won one in years, and you got Halep who's playing this legendary player right. in the final, trying to win her first one. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And Venus just made the finals last year, so this is really a big term for her to stay in the top ranked uh, tier. Right. Yeah. She's got points to defend. She can't lose early. Um, and don't forget about Coco. Right. Over to Coco. Um, she's had a fair amount of success. She basically single-handedly won Fed Cup. Right. So, anywho. What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's soon to be dead. As soon as they dead come cup. up with, as soon as, as soon as they come up with a, uh, what are they going to call it, the market court cup? No. <laughs> well, they got the labor court. Right. Court. court. No. The labor combined. The Billie uh, Jean King Cup. Male-female cup. The Billie Jean King Cup. And they have a women's version. Um, and then we can get rid of, we can kill Davis Cup altogether. Yeah. All right. Is that everything we got for the Australian? I think that's it. It's all about matchups, man. It's about matchups you want to see, and you want to see those two players that you want to see, you want to see them compete at the highest level. Yeah. And really get to see, and I think we have a way better chance of that happening on the women's side, oddly enough, than we do on the, on the men. I mean, because I think there's some women's players that are more known for that, you know, falling apart. But I just think the level is way higher on the women's side. Well, and I will make one prediction that we are going to set a record for retirements in this tournament. As in, oh, retirements from matches. Yeah. Huh. I just think it's so hot and a lot of players coming in injured and they're collecting that first round check, second round check. So they're like, eh, this, this, pays, this covers my expenses. Yeah. I'm out. This covers my expenses in a new car. I'm out. <laughs> All right. Well, are you glad to be back? It's great to be back. I wish we could actually play tennis. Oh, uh, it's so in cold. America. Oh, it's going to be brutal, brutal <laughs> in Texas on Monday night and beyond. Brutal. Um, so if you're somewhere where it's warm, please hit tennis balls. If you're somewhere where it's cold, hey, download all of the previous 44 <laughs> episodes of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, While you watch the Australian. There you go. This is the 45th, and uh, and until next time, thanks for joining the Revolution. Bye guys. Good luck for you.